Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. Continuing what has become something of a series on how American big business, big labor, and other bigs have gotten aggressively more aligned with progressive liberalism, today we turn to big business, Wall Street, big tech, and so forth. Groups like the Chamber of Commerce were once stalwarts of the Republican Party and the conservative movement, but in the 2020 election, they were far less aligned with their historical allies. Joining me to discuss the realignment of big business support is my Capital Research Center colleague, Shane Devine. Uh, Shane, you wrote a piece with a provocative thesis for American Consequences, that the parties are realigning along economic class lines, with the Democrats, traditionally the party of labor, becoming the party of business, and Republicans, traditionally the party of business, becoming the party of the working classes. Could you uh, flesh that flesh that thesis out? Sure. Well, I began looking into Biden's cabinet appointees while writing a separate blog piece on Biden's allegiance to certain Wall Street donors. Mm-hmm. And I began to see how the statistics that I was reading on other websites about certain counties going blue and other counties that were rural, working class, blue collar going red, I started to really see how the Biden election is playing out the so-called realignment that we've been hearing for over the last four or five years. Um, I pitched this uh, article to American Consequences. They were interested in the in the piece, and I fleshed it out with data and uh, and facts and other things like that on the in the article itself. Okay, uh, so this is basically the 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 thesis that as both before and around the political rise of Donald Trump, that places like uh, Mahoning County, Ohio, Youngstown, uh, West Virginia. Uh, Western Pennsylvania, outside the core city of Pittsburgh, that they were all shifting to the right and places like suburban Atlanta, uh, Houston, uh, uh, suburban Dallas, uh, suburban Washington, D.C., were all swinging hard to the left, basically. Right. I think one stat that really caught my eye was from Brookings, where Trump won 83 in the 2020 election. Trump won 83% of the nation's counties, but of those counties, they only counted for 30% of the national GDP. Biden, on the other hand, won only 17% of America's counties, but that 17% accounted for 71% of the nation's GDP. So the money is collected, concentrated in these key areas that Biden and other Democrats are, are always winning in. Uh, but that leaves vast, vast swaths of the country with little capital and little representation. So, I don't know, I guess in your analysis, is this a, is this a question of economic class or a question of culture? Because, I mean, we did a study um, uh, with Michael Barone four years ago, We're looking at right after the 2016 election, when a lot of these... Um, and a lot of these trends that you discuss in your piece were so, were sort of first brought to the surface, but you, even using 2014 campaign finance data of of donors from from the super zips, these are like the richest places, the most culturally um, 
you know, uh, most you know, richest, highest family, you know, highest household incomes. Um, and even in a year that the Republicans did well and the Republicans on balance outraised the Democrats 2014 in these top 300 zip codes, the Democrat, the Democrats outraised the Republicans. And I, I suppose the question is, is this, is this culture? Is this economics? Is this, um, you know, is, is this uh, wokeism or is this, you know, champagne socialism? I would say it's a kind of combination of both in that um, the elite in finance, in big tech, they have all shifted culturally since, you know, the 50s to much higher levels of social liberalism and much more support for socially liberal policies and parties. But at the same time, it's also economic because they uh, are not without rewards for donating to all these left progressive groups. Um, in my piece, I cite Tim Carney, who in a piece with Cato talked about uh, how big business over time begins to actually enjoy regulations and so-called woke policies uh, in the workplace just general overreach this is, this of government. Is, this is the Amazon coming out for a fifteen dollar minimum wage thing. That like I have crushed all my I have crushed all my competition and now I can make sure exactly. that the door is locked behind me. Exactly. And you can crush the competition even more when you allow the government to step in and make all these regulations that keep down competitors and you basically keep your private sector profits but you ruin the market competition that keeps you on your feet. So it really is, you know, oligarchic in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I saw in your piece, you mentioned the, the funding decisions of the chamber of commerce in the 2020 elections. Right. Yeah. The, uh, vice president of the chamber of commerce, uh, spoke about that. He, he said that since the Republicans were under Trump moving so much to the, uh, reindustrializing rhetoric, the uh, returning jobs that had been outsourced to China and putting tariffs on products to incentivize companies to make things at home, they, they were very unhappy with that move. And then with some people in the Democratic Party embracing socialism, they have decided now instead of just going mostly with Republicans that they're going to try to find centrist candidates in the middle uh, sort of reward those who want to create a new center. But I don't know how how lucky they will be with that, judging by the country and the general populace's disposition right now. Mm -hmm. So I, I, somebody who is skeptical of, of, of your thesis, of your realignment thesis, uh, would point out that, well, hold on, you know, even if big business isn't as Republican as it used to be, uh, organized labor is still as democratic left as it used to be. Uh, it it remains, you know, ninety percent liberal. I would argue that it is, in fact, more socialist, more progressive than it was in, say, the early nineteen nineties. Um, so even though its partisan alignment hasn't changed, its ideological alignment has actually moved pretty f even further to the left. Uh, you know, how 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 would you address that in the context of your thesis? Well, I, th I don't think organized labor would be the right place for Republicans to go for the simple fact that one organized labor, the big labor unions probably don't want to work with Republicans. 
Secondly, even if they did, they would be helping the progressive cause with the yearly donations they make to it anyway, which would end up like retracting any gains made with them. And uh, on top of that, not much of the American workforce workforce is unionized currently. Uh, and there's not much to unionize. And, and, so roughly, I think, and roughly half of what is unionized is government workers. <laughs> exactly. So it's like kind of a pitiful uh, labor movement that we have. So I would say Republicans who would be interested in this thesis should uh, kind of forget the whole union thing and just kind of focus on reindustrialization. I think that's that seems to be the biggest winning message, both with... Um, Trump voters and, uh, you know, the populist uh, commentariat, the uh, mm, intellectual mm-hmm, crowd mm-hmm. that's gathered itself around Trump. I think that pleases both sides pretty, and, pretty equally. And, and then you have breakdowns in, in the business community along industrial lines. I mean, obviously, we know big tech is like 95%, if not more, to the left. We have, you know, finance depending on where you're talking about, you know, New York City finance, maybe 80 per, you know, 60 to 80 percent to the left, uh, you know, but then on the other hand, you have, I guess you would call it brown job industry, oil drilling, coal mining, uh, you know, defense contracting that are a lot even if they're not overwhelmingly right, because the way business operates in the political sphere is a lot closer to the center than a, something like organized labor, uh, you know, they're not aligned hard with the left. Um, you know, would, would you say that, 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 that that's accurate? I think that's accurate. Um, I think the Republicans would need to keep those allies in the private sector uh, no matter what if they want to keep their support as it's clearly drying up in mainstream corporate America and among the financial elite. Um, But I would also say that real gains could be made if the Republicans uh, don't only satisfy people in the oil and gas industries and in defense contracting, but also uh, get people good, sustained jobs with robust wage growth ahead of them. Uh, And, you know, if, if you really want to get at big tech, uh, you can make it very uncomfortable. Uh, you can sh- uh, put the facts to the public that all of their products are still made overseas and nothing has changed about that. They still use cheap labor in China and in third world countries to create all their iPhones. And uh, their their woke prestige might wither if we focus on that and and at the same time suggests that we can make iPhones and computer parts over here. And then where does small business fit into this? I, I, you know, obviously with the pandemic and then the probably more so than the pandemic itself, the government response, uh, you know, the small business, small business has taken it on the chin and small business has historically been more Republican than big business. Yeah, small businesses are in a pretty bad spot, especially after COVID. But they had been for a long time. Uh, Small businesses are obviously a cohort of the uh, workforce that Republicans should aim their messaging at. But um, in light of everything that's happened and some studies that I've seen show that the recovery for small businesses will not be quick. Uh, 
even when the lockdowns and COVID has has have completed, uh, that I, I don't know how much we can bet on small bi- the small business coalition being a real political power in the future. Um, uh, so obviously, small businesses fit within the general Republican um, mindset of Main Street, of self reliance, of uh, enterprise um but i'm not sure the lifespan of them especially not just in face of the lockdowns but in face of monopolization with amazon you know just crushing their competition Mm -hmm. it's really just food businesses i think that will survive in the future Mm. that's a depressing thought well uh on that uh on that bit of uh, of morosity, I suppose that is our show for this week. Uh, if you want to see, if you want to read in full uh, Shane's thesis and argument, uh, it will be in today's show notes. Uh, that's our show for this week. We will see you next week. We encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five star rating. We'll see you next week. <laughs>